Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I am your host, Adam Castor, and I am here as always with my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, first of all, how are you doing? And second of all, what a weird week of football that we've had. Mr. Castor, how are you? I'm doing well. We are, first of all, we are nine days away until Mercury is in retrograde. First of all, that's number one. Number one. Number two, it was it was a very fruitful weekend for fantasy. It was weird. It was quirky. It was at times boring. Do I say so? But at the end of the day, you know, there there were some really, really good scores that were produced over this weekend. And here we are getting ready to uh talk about it so uh yeah let's uh let's get this show on the road well i think you know boring depends on you know depends on which games you were watching i'm mainly talking about the 425 games yes i'm kind of surprised just how lackadaisical the offenses were in those games the giants and the bears i kind of expected but the fact that the rams only put up like six, six, uh, 17, 17 points. points. Yeah. And the Colts only put up 19 points. Yeah. And, and Jared Goff was a very popular stream this week. Very, very, very popular one. And, and he, and he let a lot of people down. I, frankly, I think when the, uh, the Sunday night game, when it was eight, seven at halftime, I was like, Oh, it's going to be one of those. This is going to be terrible. Yeah. That Sunday night game was brutal. But then the fourth quarter was like the best part. But we'll 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 get there. Oh, we'll get there. Yes. So first, we're going to go into news and notes before we go into uh, Sunday's games because something big happened over the weekend. I would say, uh, seismic. Yeah. Seismic. Si- yeah, seismic. Cam Newton tested positive for COVID nineteen, as well as the Chiefs scout team quarterback, whose name escapes me. I think his first name is Tamu, but I forgot his last name. But he also tested positive. Yep. And then there was a false positive from the Saints as well. Richard Burton, the fullback. Yep. Yep. And so uh, we're doing a re-preview of uh, Monday night because uh, the Chiefs and the Patriots are playing at 7 o'clock tonight. Hey, Adam. Yes, Bird. Does this mean that it's the return of the Stardometer? Yes. Oh, love the Stardometer. Great. Great device. Well, we're going to have it. We're going to have it for, for that. And then also for Atlanta and Green Bay. Oh, goody. Which is the, uh, which it, which will be the late game. So very, very exciting stuff. Um, Thrilled. Glad to be here. Yes. Moving on. First game. What? If, if I do say so myself before we move on. Actually, you know what? I'll save it. I'll save it for when we get there. Okay. I'll save it for when we get there. So first game. Jacksonville at Cincinnati. I'm sure you were thrilled for this game. Because so many of your favorite players who are not on the Cowboys had really good games today. Joe Mixon, 
is back? Question mark. <laughs> oh no, no, no need for it. You got to change that question mark to an exclamation point, Mister Birdsall. Well, that's actually very interesting because it's part of my buy or sell. <laughs> it's part of my buy or sell. Uh, so do you want you want to get you want me to give mine? Yeah. Okay. Buy or sell. Joe Mixon's back. <laughs> <laughs> easy, easy. I I'm buying it. I think that you know after the game, uh, Zach Taylor said that he you know first of all he was happy to get Joe Mixon more that like get it to get him going get him more involved in the offense but him and Joe Burrow also both said that you know they were happy with how the offensive line was playing and the offensive line really improved this week compared to uh the first three weeks of the season so I think if the offensive line stays stays the way it is or or even improves further then I think Joe Mixon is not like 47 points that's not going to be like his floor now, but I think he's still going to be that guy whose floor may be like 18 points or 20 points. I buy it to a point because, yeah, Joe Mixon looked really, really good. He got his usual workload and then some a little bit. He was averaging around 18 carries a game with the sprinkling in of around three or four receptions. And he ended up getting 25 carries in this game at six receptions. I have the hesitation with Mixon just because I look at his upcoming schedule. I see the Ravens. I see the Colts both on the road, the Cleveland Browns and the Titans both back in, uh, in Cincinnati. And I know that Joe Mixon historically has struggled mightily against the Baltimore Ravens. And he's had a mixed bag of success against the Cleveland Browns. So the way I would approach Joe Mixon is, I've been saying this for the better part of the last couple of weeks where the second that Joe Mixon has a breakout sort of game, I would be shopping him. I think that this is a prime opportunity to get something really, really good for Joe Mixon after a 42 point explosion. I think if you could turn Joe Mixon into someone like, um, like a Miles Sanders, I think that that's definitely a win if you could potentially turn Joe Mixon into Clyde Edwards-Alaire, that would be outstanding if you could do it. If you could turn Joe Mixon into maybe a lesser running back, like a like a James Conner perhaps, and then you can get a wide receiver that's struggling, such as a... Jarvis Landry? Not even a Jarvis Landry. I'm thinking someone who's a little bit higher than that. Maybe, maybe, like, a, maybe like a Michael Gallup, potentially... Maybe if you could get someone that's a little iffy on Robert Woods, potentially, if you could get potentially a Kenny Galladay, if you could turn Joe Mixon into just straight up Joe Mixon for Michael Thomas and a lesser running back, that you do that. that that's a win. Oh, wow. That's a win. If, if, you, if you could somehow manage to swing that with Michael Thomas probably coming back next Monday night against the Chargers. Do you so, think people are selling low on – Michael Thomas? I think some people have had to. I think some people have been really screwed by Michael Thomas being out and, you know, their teams maybe having gone 0-2, 0-3. Maybe after this week they're going 0-4. And, you know, you, you're going to need healthy bodies. And, you know, you don't know what Michael Thomas is going to be like, you know, coming back next week if he does come back. So, yeah, some, some people, you know, do really have to make the tough decision 
to go ahead and, and sell sort of low on Michael Thomas just to get something, just to get some healthy bodies in. And um, you obviously don't want to do that with your number one overall pick. Well, your first round pick, I should say, not number one overall. Depends. You, you, some pe- I mean, hey, some people maybe have done that with McCaffrey. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I wouldn't. You know, I don't think I'd be selling McCaffrey for anything lower than market value. But, you know, it, some people really have had to make the tough decision with Michael Thomas, you know, to trade him, get some healthy bodies in there and um, ride it out. But, you know, Michael Thomas, he's going to come back. He has a lot of receptions that he has to make up for. And pending that ankle is healthy, he, he should be a beast the rest, the rest of the season. So, you know, like I said, if there's someone in your league that's looking down the barrel of 0-4 this week and their team maybe isn't great and you want to put together a package that features Joe Mixon or anybody, anybody else that really uh, stood out this week, maybe like someone like Odell Beckham who – uh, we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll get to in a minute. Uh, maybe, maybe even Amari Cooper, uh, DJ Shark potentially as well. So there are there are a lot of options that I think um, managers can go ahead and and tr- do to potentially get rid of guys that popped off this week and turn them into guys that may have more prolonged success down the road. Buy or sell, Bird? Yes, Gardner Minshew. Is only a real will only be a real quarterback if DJ Chark is in the lineup, a real fantasy option if DJ Chark is in the lineup. Um, sell. Okay, sell because I think DJ I think uh, Gardner Minshew can be good without DJ Chark. It definitely helps, no no doubt about it. But I think Gardner Minshew can be good in certain spots where you need him to be regardless of who his receivers are. I think Gardner Minshew is a pretty good quarterback. I don't think that he's, you know, a a guy you would call a franchise guy, but for what the Jacksonville Jaguars are, a team that clearly is rebuilding, he's a placeholder start of sort of option until they potentially get their hands on one of the top three guys in the draft next year, whether it's Trevor Lawrence, whether it's Justin Fields, whether it's Trey Lance, probably one of those guys is going to end up with the Jacksonville Jaguars and will be competing for a starting job with Gardner Minshew. And right now he's just trying to prove his value to whether it is to the Jaguars or whether it's to any other team in the national football league. And again, he's, he's playing with house money. It's, it's kind of like Ryan Fitzpatrick to a much lower extent where Fitzpatrick knows he's in the outs of his career. He's had a good career and he's just saying, you know what? Fuck it. You know, and he's just, he's, he's doing his thing. And he had a really, really good day on Sunday against the, the Seattle Seahawks. And with Gardner Minshew, it's much of the same, where he knows that he's fighting for an opportunity in the NFL, and he's going to take risks. He's playing with house money. He's there. He's the starter. And if it pans out, great. And he will be the starter for the Jaguars. If not, someone else will probably be impressed by what he has and will be on some NFL roster next year, whether it is the Jaguars or whether it's someone else. All right. All right, so next game we have – it's funny that you mentioned Ryan Fitzpatrick because that's the next game that we're going to be going into. Fitzy, baby. Seattle at Miami. Uh, do you want to go first with the buy or sell? Sure. I can go first with this one. Um, I will go and say that buy or sell. DK Metcalf is the number one receiver in this offense over Tyler Lockett. Well, if we're going by this game – I'd say yes. I'd buy it. I think I, I think I would. I don't know. I think I'm selling that 
because I think that for Seattle, it's 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 a one A and one B with DK and um, Tyler Lockett, because lest we forget, a week ago Tyler Lockett caught three touchdowns, three touchdowns. So I don't think these things change on on a dime, especially after having a game that's ty- the the kind of game that Tyler Lockett had. So I think that it's just it just kind of depends on the week really and um yeah i'm selling that i don't think yeah i'm actually split on this i'm buying and i'm selling it i think that tyler lockett is still the number one look for russell wilson but i think when it comes to the way that opposing defenses game plan for how they are going to try and defend against the seattle seahawks the number one thing should be trying to take away dk metcalf that should be the number one priority for any opposing defense, especially pass defense. And we've seen it so far this season. We've seen the number one corners for the New England Patriots, for the Miami Dolphins in this game as well. uh, Stephon Gilmore and Xavier Howard, who were they on? They were on DK Metcalf. So he clearly is – he's a matchup nightmare for anybody – and teams are trying to figure out how the hell are you going to stop that? And I look at DK Metcalf, and I, I'll, I'll say that he has been, maybe with the exception of uh, Amari Cooper, he's been the most consistent fantasy receiver so far this season. I, I think I would even give it to DK because every single game so far for DK Metcalf, he has had at least one of four catches, 90 yards, and a touchdown. This is the first week he did not score, but he had over 100 yards and four receptions again. The kind of output that he has with the four receptions, I don't know if it's truly sustainable going forward where he can just have four catches and average about 20, 25 yards reception, which is kind of ridiculous. But I think going forward, you know, you, you can't take DK Metcalf out of your lineup. He's, he's a must-start every single week. There's no question about it. But the, but the real issue that I kind of have with DK right now is what happens if he doesn't put up 95 or 100 yards? You know, does he still get those four receptions? And he kind of screams to me as a guy where if he doesn't get that number or if he doesn't score, he craters your team. That's the part. That's part of the problem that I have. But I, I guess I'm being very, very picky with it because DK has just been outstanding. And again, he is not someone that you're taking out of your lineup ever. And if you look at what the Seahawks have in the next couple of weeks, their schedule is not too bad at all. They have Minnesota next week, week five on Sunday night football. Then they have their bye. Then they go to Arizona. They're home against San Francisco. Then they go to Buffalo and then to the Rams. So not bad for uh, Seattle, especially when you have Russell Wilson as your quarterback. But the the corner matchups do get a little bit tougher for uh, for DK Metcalf, especially if he has to go up against Richard Sherman, who might be back, Jadavius White, and then of course the bad man himself in uh, in LA, Jalen Ramsey. Yep, that's right. All right, so uh, my buyer sell is Mike Kaziki is too hot and cold to be trusted 
as a as a tight end in fantasy. Buy. Yeah, I I I, I buy it, but I think if Mike Gesicki is the only tight end that you have on your roster, that's a problem. You know, I think that there's so many other tight ends that you should have been rostering where you don't need to rely on Mike Kosicki week in, week out. Yeah, the matchup was great this week, and yeah, you should have started Mike Kosicki, but unfortunately it just didn't pan out. He had one catch, one catch last week, and he had one catch this week. So does it look good for Mike Kosicki right now? No, but I think as long as Ryan Fitzpatrick is the guy, he should be targeting Mike Kosicki a bunch. I think he's a pretty solid buy low. If you're looking for a, a starting tight end option, I, I, I would say right now, probably rest of season, I would rather have Mike Kosicki over a guy like Evan Ingram. I'd probably have him over a guy like like Jared Cook, potentially, because I think that the ceiling is just so explosive with, with Mike Kosicki where I think that he's worth the investment, but you have to make sure that you have somebody else because Mike Kosicki is not a guy that you play every single week. I'd almost rather have – would you rather have the other tight end in this game, uh, Greg Olson, over uh, Gesicki? No. No. Gesicki. Okay. Yeah. Because he's on, he's on the wire. Uh, Olson is, and he had, a, he had a pretty solid game. Yeah, no. Rest of the season, I'd rather have Gesicki. Okay. All right. Next game, the Minnesota Vikings at Houston. Buy or sell? The Texans are in some deep shit. Uh, can I buy about five of those? Yeah. yeah they're, bad. they're bad. We'll do a rush production. I'll give you five of that shit. Thank you very much. Yeah, they're bad. They're, they're really, really bad. And uh, I still think Deshaun Watson is a really, really good buy right now. But you have to be concerned. I will say, though, that the, matchup do, the matchups do get better next week, especially when you consider David Johnson and what his schedule has been like so far, he goes up against the Jacksonville Jaguars who just gave up three touchdowns to Joe Mixon. So David Johnson could be a really, really good buy low for anybody that really is not too thrilled with what they've gotten out of David Johnson so far. Also, if you're Brandon Cooks, how do you not have – was he hurt? Like how do you not have no catches? How do you not have any catches? I have no idea. I didn't hear anything about him being hurt in the in the lead up to this game. So that's a very very good question. He didn't like he didn't leave with in with an injury or anything. He he just got no no catches. No, he he donut targets. Yeah, big fat donut. Nope. All they right, so it's my they, is it my buy or sell? Yeah, they haven't come up with points per target yet. <laughs> that's a new fantasy format. Oh, it's new. It's a new fantasy format. You're the pioneer. Yeah. Um, buy or. Sell. Uh, I'm trying to come up, come up one now with the. Uh, oh, we have some uh, breaking news. Um, uh, Nick Chubb is placed on IR with an MCL injury that is not deemed season-ending. Well, that sucks. Well, yeah, but he's out for a minimum three weeks. Yeah, minimum three week absence for uh, for Nick Chubb. Um, buy or sell. Adam Thielen will finish as a top five fantasy receiver. I'm buying it. I think that Adam Thielen, you know, I don't know. I li- I think Adam Thielen's a great receiver. I think he's one of the best receivers in the league. It and finishing as a top five receiver is there, there's very stiff competition. 
especially with the performances that we saw uh, this past week. But I think that Justin Jefferson did really well this week, but I think that Adam Thielen is just the only real consistent receiving option in this offense. And Kirk Cousins is going to be looking his way constantly. I'm selling it just because I think that there are other receivers right now that can finish above Adam Thielen just because I'm looking at the potential for injury with Adam Thielen. And then I'm also looking at, you know, what this offense really is in general. And this was a close enough game where Minnesota had to keep their top weapons involved. We saw a lot of Dalvin Cook in this game. We also saw a lot of Adam Thielen, eight receptions for him and a a touchdown for him. But I'm looking at the games now where maybe Minnesota is up big or maybe Minnesota is down by a significant amount. You know, do they try and really go out of their way to keep Adam Thielen incorporated in the game plan if they're up big or if they're down big? They really should if they're down big because it's garbage time, and that's what, you know, they should be doing, throwing the ball. But what it really comes down to also is I just don't trust the guy that's throwing him the ball in Kirk Cousins because he, he it's like the changing of the tide with him. You know, it's either he's going to be really, really good or he's going to be terrible and drop back 15 times to complete 10 of his passes. So it, it, it scares me to say that Adam Thielen is consistent going forward. Like I said, I think if you, if you could trade Adam Thielen for someone that is a bit more consistent and is a bit safer, you go ahead and do it. You, you definitely go ahead and do it. Or if, you try, or if you have enough receivers where you have Adam Thielen and you're looking for a running back, trade Adam Thielen. Do it. Get, it, get a stud running back. Go get, go get someone like Miles Sanders. If you could turn Adam Thielen into Miles Sanders, that's outstanding. That is outstanding if you can go ahead and do that. I would, I would come on this podcast, and if I hear someone would do that, I'd be, well done, bravo. I agree. The best is yet to come from Miles Sanders, I believe. Yeah. Well, he he showed flashes uh, Sunday night yes, against he did. the 49ers. Yep. All right. Next game, uh, shield your eyes and your ear and cover your ears because we're going to Cleveland at Dallas. I'll take this one if you don't mind. Okay. The entire Bye. one? I just want to talk about Dallas. I want to talk about them. You let me talk about the Jets, I'll let you talk about Dallas. Fine. Buy or sell. Mike McCarthy is the worst head coach in the National Football League, and their defense is completely and utterly shambolic. I'm going to buy that. But you know the meme with James, is James Franco, and they're both at like, they're at like a hanging, and, and there's two guys in the noose, and James Franco turns to the other guy. He's like, first time? That's me to you right now. <laughs> I mean, oh my God. I mean, hey, I will give credit though, and I will say that this offense is clicking on all cylinders. It's this defense that is just awful. And I I mean, it's, I feel bad in a way because Dak has to carry the load for how bad this defense is. And there are people who. You want him to do? He threw for 500 yards and four touchdowns. Right. He dropped back 50-plus times. He almost dropped back 60 times. Yeah, and people are are still unimpressed by Dak's numbers even then, which I don't quite frankly understand because if if that was Patrick Mahomes, 
who was throwing for 1,300 yards in a three-game span, the world would be going nuts. We'll be going nuts and saying that this is the greatest quarterback that has ever stepped foot on a football field. But because it's, because it's Dak Prescott, who is so universally not celebrated, it's not, a, it's not a big deal. It's not as big of a deal if it was for Patrick Mahomes because it's Dak Prescott, and Dak Prescott is not that, is not that good, apparently, is what people say, which for me is, is ludicrous because Dak Prescott is very, very good. Some of the throws he was making yesterday – the touchdown pass that he threw to Amari Cooper into double coverage where the ball just completely zipped right through the safety and the corner right into Amari Cooper's lap and just walked in for a touchdown. And the camera had to do a double take because it didn't know if the ball was picked or if it was caught and ran in. Like, that's an unbelievable throw by Dak Prescott. And, yeah, he's worth $40 million. But the way that he's been playing, absolutely he is. And his agent – he better be taking good notes about everything that he's doing because, man, oh, man, does Dak Prescott deserve a fresh new contract because he's looked fantastic to start the season. And it's only going to continue, I think, just because you look at the defenses that are in this division. You look at the teams that are in this division, quite frankly. This de- the division's a mess. The division is an absolute mess. And we have not played a division game yet until next week when we play. Yeah. The New York football giants and ah, ah, well, I guess we should already make it. The Dallas Cowboys are already two and three. I don't know about that. I was saying yesterday it could be a get right game for all the giants. Oh my God. I swear to God. I, one of my, I mean, I was going to save this for Sunday night, but I think the winner of the NFC East is going to be, Six nine and one, either seven would, and nine would, or six nine and one. I was gonna say I didn't hear the seven and nine part. I was gonna say I would I would bet you right now the Cowboys still find a way to win the division. Okay, well yeah, I added it because I was like Bird's gonna gonna kill me for this, but probably either seven and nine or six nine and one. I have another uh, buy or sell. I don't mean to steal your uh, thunder, but I want to. I just don't want to talk about the Cowboys all day. Um, buy or sell. Kareem Hunt is a top five starting option with no Nick Chubb. I'm buying that. Yep, I am too. You had two touchdowns this game mm-hmm. on 11 carries? Yep. Amazing. Absolutely he's a, amazing. He's a threat to catch the ball out of the backfield too. And it, it, Whether you're non-PPR, whether you're in PPR, it doesn't matter. Nick Kareem Hunt, I would be very concerned if I own Nick Chubb just because if Kareem Hunt balls out the next couple of weeks – what is Nick Chubb coming back to? Yeah. You know, what What kind of offense is Nick Chubb going to come back, come back to? And I look at the schedule, too, for Cleveland, and he's got the Colts, which is an okay matchup. He's got the Steelers, which would be – that's going to be telling about Kareem Hunt and, and the Browns and, you know, what kind of running back he is. If he, if he could be the guy – to take on the Steelers. That would be amazing if he's able to do it. And then week seven, shield your eyes. If you play Kareem Hunt week seven, he faces the Cincinnati Bengals. Jiminy Christmas. Which he could put up 40. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, yeah, Kareem Hunt going forward, he, he has to be a top five guy. Has to be. You know what's weird? In this game, the only running back that got a reception – was Dontrell Hilliard for Cleveland. 
Yeah. That's so weird. Anyway, so my buy or sell is we were wrong about Jarvis Landry and everybody else who said that Odo Beckham was going to is higher ranked than Jarvis Landry is right. I don't know if I would say that we were wrong about Jarvis Landry because it's only one game. It's only one game where we've seen Jarvis Landry look good against a defense and a secondary that is actual legitimate garbage. So, no, I'm I saying wanna... in a negative direction. Because Odo Beckham finished it. No, we were wrong because we used to say, we said before the season that Jarvis Landry would finish higher than Odo Beckham. True, I did say that, and I was wrong on that. But I also did say, in, in accordance with this week, I also said if you can guarantee me that Odell Beckham would get 10 targets in this game, then I would say that Odell Beckham is an unbelievable start. And Odell Beckham, he didn't get, he didn't get 10. He got eight, but then got the two carries to go with it. So this is a tough one for me just because, again, I think if you could sell high on Odell Beckham, I think you do it. I really, really think you do it. Yeah. And and before we move on, I want I just want to put out one thing. Mm-hmm. If you could trade Kareem Hunt for someone like a McCaffrey, like a Zeke, like a Dalvin Cook, like a Derrick Henry, do it. Wow. Do it. That would be that would be most unwise by the person getting Kareem Hunt. I agree. Most unwise. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's funny. It's nice. Odo Beckham Jr., when he was talking about catching a touchdown from Jarvis Landry, he sounded like he, it sounded like he was like about to cry. He was so happy. He was like, oh my God, my best friend threw me a touchdown. <laughs> and we both play wide receiver. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. All right. Uh, next game is the Maryland Derby, the battle for Maryland. Baltimore and Washington. Dear God. Yeah. This game was close for a bit. For a bit. For a bit. Uh, buy or sell. You should be trading Mark Andrews right now. Yeah. No. In, in the best way possible, you should be trading Mark Andrews right now. He has six receptions the last three weeks. A third of them have been touchdowns. Yeah, he's pretty, he's pretty nuts. He, he, he's, he's great. He's so hot and cold. I know. Like, again, if you can get a running back for him or a receiver for him, do it. Like, in one of my leagues, I have Mark Andrews. And I have a big, big, big void because of no Barkley, no Sutton, no Godwin now. I'm going to do my damnest to make sure I trade Mark Andrews this week to try and get something. Because I also have Hayden Hurst there. And I think, you know, I, I I can go and use Hayden Hurst and be all right. So I think at the end of the day, you know, if, if you can get any one of those core positions for a tight end that really has been hot and cold, do it. Do it. All right. Um, my buy or sell is Lamar Jackson is still the best running back in the, on the Ravens. Bye. Yeah. Bye. I, I want no part of these Ravens running backs. Uh, Mark Ingram – Really, his day was salvaged by the rushing touchdown. Otherwise, he would have had 30-something yards on the ground. Yeah, no. 
this is a definite buy. Lamar Jackson seems to be the only Raven right now that can give you consistent enough production where you're saying, okay, yeah, he's worth, he's worth the start. Yeah, you're right, though. You're right. I mean, Mark Ingram didn't do, didn't do great. Uh, J.K. Dobbins in the limited work didn't do great. I mean, Gus Edwards outcarried both Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins in this game. So, yeah. Yeah. Okie dokie. So, next game is New Orleans at Detroit. Buy or sell? The New Orleans ru- uh, rushing attack is more even than we thought. So, yeah, this is, this is a sell for me. Uh, Alvin Kamara still is the number one guy. He will be the number one guy going forward. Uh, Latavius Murray, though, look, I think he really can be a, a solid flex in matchups that will be blowouts because it, it was very apparent that when the game did go later and they were looking for more of a power-rushing attack, that they were going for Latavius Murray and not necessarily Alvin Kamara that much. But Alvin Kamara did his business. Latavius Murray did his business. So I think it says more about Latavius Murray and what his value is more than it does necessarily Alvin Kamara. We all know Alvin Kamara is a top five option. We all know that he's going to be a stud week in, week out. But I also think that it says a lot about Latavius Murray and that in certain matchups, he can be productive and he can be a startable fantasy asset. So I think, you know, going forward, Latavius Murray, yeah, he's he's a low-end flex, maybe maybe even a mid-range flex that you can start in certain matchups. And I mean, I'm looking ahead to next week against the Chargers and a matchup that should be close-ish. I think Latavius Murray could be an okay play again. It all just depends on who you have. All right. What's your buy or sell? Um, my buy or sell is every Detroit Lions running back should be dropped. Buy. I I was Me thinking three. about that. Yeah, I was thinking about that. And I'm like, yeah, mine was gonna if I was gonna do another one, it, w- it would be about Detroit as well, the running backs. Just because, oh my God, it's such a clusterfuck. I mean, sure, they were down in this game. But Adrian Peterson gets 11 carries. DeAndre Swift gets four carries. Kerryon Johnson gets three carries. I mean, the fuck? DeAndre it's Swift mess. saved his day with a touchdown. But, like, this running back room is terrible. It's absolutely terrible. The fact that Adrian Peterson was brought into this team I'm happy that Adrian Peterson is, you know, he's got a job. He's getting paid a whole bit, getting to play more football. But he has really thrown a wrench into this team. And there's no saving this this running back room. And really the only way that, that one of these running backs is worth starting is if, God forbid, one of them gets injured. Yeah, you're going you're gonna to need subtraction from this running back room to make anybody here valuable. All right, next game. Arizona at Carolina. Would you like to go first? Surely. Um, buy or sell, Kenyon Drake is dead in fantasy. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of split on it. He had a really bad game. But I think, you know, the, the Cardinals were down pretty early on in this game. So I think that the opportunity for rushing just wasn't there. But also, Kenny Drake didn't, didn't get any catches 
either. So I think that Kenny Drake is still the number one back here, but for fantasy, it's just not looking good. Because if if games go like they did today on Sunday, then Kenyon Drake is is fucked. I'm gonna sell it. I don't think Kenyon Drake is dead yet, but we're getting pretty close to that. I I would say that going into this, I had Kenyon Drake as a top six play. He did not pan out at all. I think rest of season, I haven't updated those rankings as of yet. But I would say that I probably would have Kenyon Drake close to, if not, outside my top 24. But I'm not going to say that he's dead in the water yet. But we're, we're getting close to that. Buy or sell? Robbie Anderson is the number one receiver in the Panthers offense. Sell. I think it is still DJ Moore, but Robbie Anderson has looked really good. You, you absolutely cannot deny that. But I think DJ Moore will get his looks. He's still on pace around 1,100 yards receiving. But Robbie Anderson's looked really, really good. And you, you cannot hide that. I have them still as top. I have DJ Moore still in my top 24. Robbie Anderson's probably going to be in my top 30 rest of season. But the gap is definitely shrinking between the two. But I'm not ready to say that Robbie Anderson is the number one there yet. But we're, we're getting close to that. All right. Um, yeah. It, frankly, it pains me to see this because that could, that could have been us if only Joe Douglas wasn't such a cheap ass. True. Yeah. Well, only if uh, Adam Gaze knew how to use his players. That, that, that too. But that's what – nice, what a nice Sunday. I haven't had this nice Sunday in like, in like four weeks. Just not having to worry about the Jets, no agita. It's nice. Um. Yeah, so next game, the Chargers and the Bucks. Please, 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 please don't make me say nice things about Tom Brady. Buy or sell. Scotty Miller is a startable fantasy receiver. This is contingent on whether or not uh, Chris got whether or not Chris Godwin stays out. I think that um, Scotty Miller had a really good game. He's had a really good season. But Mike Evans is still there. Mike Evans is still, you know, the number one. When Chris Godwin comes back, he's the number one. And Mike Evans is the number two. And Scotty Miller is the number three. And then you have the tight end, whoever that's going to be now, whether it's Gronk or Cameron Bray. Right, with O.J. Howard now with torn Achilles. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you could even make make a uh, an argument about this, you know, with a buy or sell. Is Rob Gronkowski startable again? I sell it personally, because I, I, I want to see it. But, I mean, if you have a roster spot where you can bring on Gronk in case, fine. Yeah, no. I don't love it. I don't love it. But if you're in a deep league where you only have one tight end and Rob Gronkowski sitting on your waiver wire, go for it. Buy or sell. It was worth it to, dre- to uh, stash Joshua Kelly after all. Buy. This is the moment we've all been waiting for. This is the moment we've all been waiting for. We don't know the status of Austin Eckler yet. There hasn't really been an update about that. But we could be looking at Josh Kelly becoming the lead dog if he can get rid of his fumbling problems. Another buy or sell, quick one. Ronald, jo- When Leonard Fournette comes back, assumed in two weeks, 
because Leonard Fournette's not coming back on Thursday. No. What does it look like? No. Ronald Jones is still going to take more of the uh, carry share. I mean, last week we were talking about is Leonard Fournette the guy for this backfield, and we both said bye. Um, it's so weird. I just hate it. I'm going to say if Ronald Jones has done nothing wrong, I'm going to say bye. I hate to flip on it so quick, but Ronald Jones, look, he looked good. He well, then you'd be game. no better than Bruce Arians. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess so. But yeah, Ronald, Ronald Jones looked—he looked okay. He looked okay, and I think if he does, if he continues to do nothing wrong, there's no reason why he shouldn't be the starter, given he's proven his durability over Leonard Fournette. You wish he would have scored, though. Wish he would have scored, yeah. Because it's kind of annoying when you had Tom Brady throwing, throwing five touchdowns, and none of them were to Ronald Jones. But anyway, that's a me problem, not a fantasy problem. <laughs> so, yeah, 4 o'clock games, the Giants at the Rams. I don't want to keep reusing the fact that Daniel Jones will never get over his turnover problems because I, I still don't think he will. He will. But um, buy or sell, Daniel Jones will finish the season as the Giants' leading rusher. Sell. Sell. I think Devontae Freeman will finish as the Giants' leading rusher. Not a lot, but I think Devontae Freeman will finish as a Giants leading rusher. Um, buy or sell? Malcolm Brown has become the lead dog in this backfield again for the Rams. Um, I don't know. I'm selling it because I don't think there is a lead dog. There isn't. because I think it really just goes off a of feel, honestly. They split carries, basically. There's yeah. nine for Brown and eight for Darrell Henderson. So right. I don't think... Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think there is a lead dog in this backfield. It's a committee. Yeah, it's a it's a full blown committee. Yeah, and especially when Cam Akers comes back. I mean, oh, forget it. Yeah, this is gonna be a mess. It's a big mess. Big 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 mess. big 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 mess. Um, buy or sell? Is it time to worry about Robert Woods? Sell. I don't think it's necessarily time to worry about Robert Woods. I think Robert Woods will see better days. Uh, the whole offense really was lacking. There really wasn't one L.A. Ram that had a great day outside of Cooper Cup who got lucky with a blown coverage that he was just able to take to the house on a 55-yard touchdown. So, yeah, I'm not worried about Woods, but I, th- I think he's a great buy low, and there's someone that is willing to, to trade for Robert Woods and give you something decent in return then yeah, you, you, you go ahead and trade him like anybody else. But I'm not necessarily worried about Woods. That's a sell. Okay. All right, let's move on to Buffalo at Las Vegas. Buy or sell? When Zach Moss comes back, Devin Singletary will still be the number one back in Buffalo. Buy. Buy. At least it should be. Devin Singletary has looked great. Devin Singletary has looked really, really, really good, and he should be the guy going forward for Buffalo. Bye. What's yours? Buy or sell? You should be trying to deal Josh Jacobs. I don't think that – so I'm selling this. I just don't think that it's worth it to trade Josh Jacobs because this has burn potential written all over it. 
where you can trade Josh Jacobs this week and then he'll like gash some team for 30 points. And you're going to be like, why did I trade Josh Jacobs? Because you, sh- you really shouldn't be selling low on somebody of Josh Jacobs' quality. And we've seen that Josh Jacobs still has, you know, top 10, even top five running back potential. And I think to trade Josh Jacobs after this game would be a massive overreaction. I respect that answer. I do. I think we're in the same boat. Yeah, I I sell it as well. I have one more for you. Um, Buy or sell. I was 100% right about Josh Allen. He's a superstar. Okay. You going to put me in this position? Mm-hmm. Yes. I let you get away with the Tom Brady one. All right. But I'm not letting you get away with the Josh Allen one. Buy or sell, Adam. I, I'm mm. – Josh Allen has a really good team around him. And he has a good coaching staff as well. He is a he's in a competent organization. I think he if he was drafted to another to any other team, not any other team to to another team, I don't think he would be in this situation. I don't think he would have the same amount of success. Buffalo is a much better organization than the New York Jets is. Yes, that is a hundred percent true. They've put Josh Allen in a position to win. But does not necessarily mean that Josh Allen would have turned out the way that he has he has turned out, if you know he went to any anywhere else. Josh Allen could have flamed out and have been a bust in Buffalo, even with all the pieces that are around him. He hasn't. Josh Allen has probably been one of the top three or four quarterbacks in the league over the course of the first four weeks of the season, and he's proven it again. He's had I don't know what else Josh Allen has to do for people to just shut up and realize that Josh Allen is a superstar. It was before it was, Oh, he has accuracy problems. Jack that's, that's decided that Josh Allen could be a 55, 60% passer. Like Cam Newton is for, for throughout his career. Really what Cam Newton's been is a 55% passer thereabouts. Josh Allen could be that too. Jack next Josh Allen hasn't played anybody. Okay, he played the Rams. He was great against the Rams. Yeah, there was a little letdown in the second half, but he came back and he executed a game-winning drive. Uh, it was a terrible call, but karma's a bitch Los Angeles, so go fuck yourself. And the Buffalo Bills ended up winning the game. Check. Uh, Josh Allen has had injury history. He left the game for a little bit yesterday. Things were looking a little bit murky. Came back, still looked great, got a rushing touchdown. Check. What else do people need to see from Josh Allen? What else? It, it's it's ridiculous. It is absolutely know. ridiculous that Josh Allen just cannot win. He can't. He 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 cannot win because the media just the narrative that they wrote about Josh Allen was that he will never succeed because a guy like him cannot succeed. Well, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, this is the, this is the Lamar Jackson problem. This is the Lamar Jackson problem. Hundred percent. But I think Lamar Jackson was met with more pomp and circumstance than Josh Allen was. Josh Allen wasn't a touted prospect or anything like that. He got one full-time offer for, uh, coming out of high school. I don't know what else he needs to do. I, I really don't. 
and it it, it pisses me off. It it really really does because I Josh Allen, Josh Allen is a superstar. He's good. No, he's good. What's your definition of good? Josh Allen. <laughs> no, he he's really no, he is really good. Who's been better than Josh Allen so far this year? As far as fantasy or real life? Uh, real life. Um, I would say, I mean, Dak has been really good. That's the borderline one. Yeah. Some people will say Dak. Some people will say Josh Allen. Yep. Patrick Mahomes. Yep. Lamar Jackson. Mm. Hey, Josh Allen gets his real test in two weeks. Yeah. Next Thursday night, it's Chiefs Bills on Thursday night football. Plus, and Matt Ryan and Aaron Rodgers have also been really good. No, 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 no. No. Josh Allen's been better than both of them. The two quarterbacks that I will universally accept that have been better than Josh Allen are Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes. That's it. Dak, I would have the conversation. Lamar, I would have the conversation. Anybody else? No. Okay. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. I'm here against my will. So, uh, yeah, the, our penultimate game before we go on to the previews is uh, Colts-Bears. Fun stuff. Buy or sell. The Bears' rushing attack is just terrible with Nick Foles under center. Sell. Sell. I think Nick Foles can be better. But I think, is, again, this is what happens when a team has a week to game plan. They figure out what they what they have to do to stop Nick Foles, and they did that. So kudos to the uh, to the Colts for for doing that. Allen Robinson, garbage time numbers again, garbage time hero. Love that, love him, great guy. But there needs to be more of an emphasis on getting Allen Robinson more involved early on in games. Like you can't you can't just resort to sixteen yard garbage time touchdowns for Allen Robinson to have a successful fantasy day. So yeah, he got a little lucky this week that Allen Robinson was able to uh, produce and have a, uh, a solid enough game. But I definitely want to see more from the Chicago Bears going forward of getting Allen Robinson more involved in the game plan early on. Because for a long time during that game, Allen Robinson only had two catches. And that cannot happen. I mean, you're going to throw Allen Robinson all of, the, all of the passes when you're down by 16 points in the fourth quarter? Bingo. I mean, right. seriously? That doesn't, that doesn't help. That doesn't help the Bears' chances of winning a football game. No, absolutely not. But I guess at this point, Matt Nagy was just like, well, you know, he's our best receiver, so let's just throw the ball to him constantly. Yep, I agree. Buy or sell? Mo Cox is a top 10 starting option the rest of the way. I, I'm selling that, but not as – I think he's, he's just outside the top 10. Okay. Because he only had one catch in this game. For the touchdown for right. 13 yards. Right. So there, there are a lot of tight ends that are worthy options that are bigger parts of the of their respective offenses than Mo Ali Cox. Philip Rivers loves Mo, Mo Ali Cox, but I think that there there are just other tight ends there that you can think of. But uh, if you're in a bind, you know, with bye weeks coming up, Mo Ali Cox would be is a great add if he isn't already on somebody else's team. I agree with you. 
And uh, one of those tight ends is actually, or two of them, we will be talking about today, right now. Because we're moving on to the Eagles and the 49ers, our Sunday night football game. Yay. Buy or sell. The 49ers are, aside from George Kittle, the 49ers are fantasy irrelevant until Jimmy G comes back. Sell. Sell. I think Jared Jared McKinnon can be fantasy relevant. He looked really good in this game. Had 22 points in PPR. Um, Brandon Ayuk looked very good as well. Oh, that Uh, hurdle. Debo, yeah, the hurdle was ridiculous. Uh, Debo Samuel was was pretty productive in this game. Uh, so I, I don't think that only George Kittle is going to be going to be fantasy relevant going forward. I think there's plenty of opportunity for other 49ers to be relevant. But I would say with McKinnon, be nervous if Mostert comes back next week, which definitely looks like a possibility. Yeah, and uh, Tevin Coleman is due back in a couple weeks, right? Off of IR. Yeah, but I'm not worried about Coleman as much as I am about Mostert. Okay. Buy, buy or sell. Travis Fulgham is the number one receiver in the Eagles offense. <laughs> <laughs> he could be. You know, could be. funny story about that. So I was, I was doing this game for work and uh, last night. And in the post game, Carson Wentz said that they, only, that they ran that play once in practice. And really, yeah, holy shit! Only once in practice, and it, he the follow up question was like, "Did it hit?" And he's like, "Yes." It, so that they're two for two on that play in practice and in a, in a game. So, yeah. All right, my legit buy or sell. Okay. Carson Wentz is still a borderline starting option in fantasy. Sell. So. So I don't think he's a starting option right now. Well, actually, wait. I already did one. My I was the 49ers one. You're, it's your turn. Buy or sell, Carson. What's the startable fantasy option? <laughs> sell. Fair. <laughs> Should have expected um, that. Buy or sell. Zach Gertz is only is only relevant if Dallas Goddard's out. Um, I sell it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you saw this game. Four catches for nine yards, no touchdowns, five targets. Not a good look. I I mean, I think that the 49ers were really keying on Zach Ertz because the Eagles just didn't have a lot as far as receivers were concerned, and which is why they were beaten by uh, Travis Fulgham on that touchdown. So, yeah, I I just don't think that – Zach Ertz is more valuable with Dallas Goddard out. I think, if anything, he's more valuable with Goddard in the lineup. Just because it gives teams another option to worry about. Potentially, yeah. You can make, I, that, you can make that argument. I don't want to say that he's less valuable with Goddard out because that would be ridiculous. But I think he's more valuable with Goddard in the lineup. All right, let's preview our Monday night showdowns. So, for the Patriots and the Chiefs, I guess it's Brian Hoyer who's starting this game. Sounded like it, yeah. Uh, and Jared Stidham's going to back him up. So, yeah, I think 
does this downgrade and Sonny Michelle is going to be out for this game as well. Yes. So, yeah. He, he was, uh, he was left home. Yep. So are you downgrading, how much are you downgrading like Julian Edelman and Nikhil Harry in this game? Uh, Edelman, I would say is a high end flex. Harry's a low end flex. Okay. But I think, you're, I think you're still starting Edelman. He's probably start a meter. I would say he's probably around a six. Harry's probably around a three. And then for those that did not play a defense in anticipation of this week of, of this game is the chiefs defense worth a start. Yes. For sure. Okay. Let's move on to the one that we actually didn't talk about. And that is the Falcons and the Packers. And let's just go straight on to the starter meter. Well, first let's talk about the injuries. So so Julio Jones looks like he's going to play. Calvin Ridley looks like he's going to play. And Russell Gage looks like he's going to play, which is good news. Yep. So uh, Matt Ryan. Uh, Seven. Todd Gurley. Six in non-PPR, five in PPR. Ryan Hill. Four. Julio Jones. Eight. Calvin Ridley. Nine. Russell Gage. Six. Hayden Hurst. Five. All right. And then so for the Packers, the big, big, big news is that Devontae Adams will not play tonight. That is huge, huge, huge news. So Aaron Rodgers. Seven. Aaron Jones. Ten. MVS. Eight. Who else do they have at receiver? Jake Kumaro. Six. Uh, Robert Tanyan. Well, he's a tight end. Three. Yeah. Jace, Jace Sternberger. One. Okay. And then the defense is you're not really touching. This game's going to be a blowout. I mean, yeah, not a blowout. This game's going to be an air high show. High scoring. High scoring. Yeah. Over under is 56.5. So. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Kind of a lot. And yeah. So thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Amazon. Tomorrow, Tuesday, we will be doing the waiver show where we'll be reacting to the chiefs and Patriots as well as the Falcons and the Packers. And then advising you on waiver pickups based on Monday's games, as well as Sunday's games and also Thursday's games. So for my co-host Ed Birdsall, I am Adam Castor, and we will talk to you next time on the basement talk podcast fantasy show. Bye-bye.